Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Fantastic, my friend. We are going to have a fun conversation today around does late night eating disrupt my metabolism? Mm. And we are going to contradict ourselves. We are going to <laughs> potentially talk in circles due to the research, but then hopefully we're going to land the plane with some really actionable things that you can do to level up your fasting and your fasting lifestyle. So welcome cool. in to today's episode. We're going to talk about dinner OMAD, late night eating, and what is it really doing mentally, physiologically, and how can we combat it and get better results? Because that's why you and I came to fasting. It has transformed our lives. And we hope to be able to give you some things that you can do today, right now, while listening or after listening to the podcast that can get you the results you've been looking for. If you are new, head back to episode one, check out our story if you'd like. And you'll learn a little bit more about who we are and why we do what we do. Long-term listeners, shout out to you as well. Yeah, We're going to give a shout out here in just a minute to a husband and wife team that absolutely crushed the last challenge we went through and offer a little bit of perspective. Uh, And it kind of really fits well right into this conversation that we're going to have today, Tommy. So with that being said, let's get started and dive into two new articles And then one that we've actually did an episode on previously, which was episode 151. And that one was talking about, does eating more at breakfast lead to more hunger or more weight loss? So we've all heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Right. If you are brand new to fasting, you might know that the easiest way to start fasting and one of the most Googleable answers to how do I start fasting is skip breakfast. Just skip breakfast, yeah. Okay, so now we have a contradiction. What do I do? So this article by Eric Trexler was Stronger by Science was really cool. And one of the articles, that article that we talked about in episode 151, which was the timing of energy of daily calorie loading effects on appetite and hunger responses without changes in energy metabolism in healthy subjects with obesity. So these two studies that we're going to talk about, the one we're going to talk about today, and then this one I just mentioned, actually came out in the same journal on the same day. Oh, wow. Which is really crazy, right? So we're going to offer some context here. But the point is, is that as we're looking at the obesity epidemic, right, it afflicts about 42% of the US and it's rising. Mm -hmm. And it leads to an onset of chronic diseases, including diabetes, cancer, and other conditions cardiometabolic issues, et cetera. So the point of this is, how are we going to get results in a very contradictory, convoluted world of information? Right. You come to fasting, you want simplicity, you start to get 
some repetitions under your belt. And then we tend to fall into our comfort zone, which mm. what we hear is more of a dinner OMAD or a later eating window. Yeah. Okay. Well, the good news is, is that some stuff we're going to talk about today is going to say, well, maybe we should be eating earlier in the day. And what does that do to hunger? What does that do to our physiology? Is it the best way to get results to combat the obesity epidemic and all of the comorbidities and issues that come along with it? So the increased demand, increased healthcare costs, poorer quality of life, et cetera. If anyone is listening and you've had weight to lose like Tommy and I have, then you know that it is a frog in a boiling pot of water type experience. You don't really think about it a lot until your weight and your health starts to take away things in your day-to-day life, playing with your kids, yeah. playing with your grandkids, your sleep, your relationship with your wife, your performance at your job, your ability to provide, et cetera. Hmm. So when we're talking about this lifestyle design component that we like to talk about here at Fasting for Life, aptly named, intentionally named, right? right. Fasting lifestyle. The first research article and this article in Stronger by Science was showing that the results of this first study, which is the isocaloric eating, increases hunger, decreases energy expenditure, and modifies pathways, metabolic pathways in adults with overweight and obesity, mm. gives us some insight into why a dinner OMAD strategy or a comfort strategy, right? A, a habit pattern eating strategy can really be detrimental to the number one reason we hear when people start fasting or one of the main fears we hear is, I am so hungry, I'm gonna be hungry, all I think about is food, yeah. and then when I break my window, it's like a buffet. <laughs> so what do I do? That is, that's a recipe for disaster, if I ever heard of one, right? And right. you know, and, and that's kind of, I can put myself back in, in those shoes when I came to fasting and I, I felt like, Every, every morning when I woke up, I was just so dang hungry. And at the same time, I had been used to counting a lot of macros and a lot of calories. And so I was also putting that hunger in the morning together with the fact that I was looking at myself as, you know, just a caloric thermodynamic machine, like a calories and calories, right? Yeah. yeah. Not thinking that there might be a difference on the actual effect on me later in the day versus earlier in the day. So Put those two things together, I got, I got a real issue, especially when I was raised in a family of late night snackers too. So, you know, I, I, dinner I felt plus, like it was a triple threat. Dinner plus snack, dinner plus yes. dessert. What's next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it may have been dessert. And then what was something crunchy and salty even post dessert? Or you know, sweet and savory. Like, yeah. Talk about bad habits like that are, that are compounding for sure. And then they're, they're leading to my cravings getting worse, which, which hit me as soon as I woke up, like I would wake up just starving and it, it didn't really matter even if I was in a, a caloric deficit or a caloric excess, which I wouldn't even allow myself to be in very often and not, not when I was counting anyway. And so all of these things together, that's, that's a, a really hard recipe, but it turns out there's, there's some really good reasons behind why we feel this way and some strategic things that we can do to kind of throw a wrench in that vicious cycle that sometimes it can feel like the treadmill I just can't get off of. Yeah, so interestingly, there's a few different scenarios here with these studies. So the two studies, one that we discussed previously on episode 151 and the one that we're bringing up today, aren't mm. exactly asking the same question. So the first study that we're gonna dive into 
is investigating two different feeding windows. So meals that were consumed at different times of day. While the one that we talked about in episode 151 was eating meals at the same time of day, but shifting the amount of consumption from later in the day to earlier in the day. Mm. And the third question, which there is research out there, and we're gonna mention here in a second, is, well, what if you just skip breakfast entirely? Mm. Is that a good strategy, right? So breakfast is the yeah. most important meal of the day. Well, if you're gonna start fasting, just skip breakfast, silly. Easiest thing you can do. <laughs> and the question we get is, which is why we have the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. The question we get is, well, how do I build my fasting lifestyle? What is the, you know, like you are a bomb calorimeter, a law of thermodynamics equation, as you alluded yeah. to. Well, calories in, calories out. I can eat anything as long as it fits into my calories or I can track sure. macros and prioritize protein. I can do eat less, move more. Mm. What? Okay, well- it should work. Yeah. The timing component is so powerful when it comes to fasting, right? So the research showed in that episode 151 article, that second scenario I just mentioned, that participants consuming a morning loaded diet reported significantly lower hunger, Ooh. right? Yeah. Great. But that third situation I just mentioned, which was the, well, what if you skip breakfast entirely? Well, there's a, a meta-analysis that came out in 2019 that was looking at the effect of breakfast on weight and energy intake. And this was a meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials, so like the gold standard. And it said, results from the controlled trials do not generally support a beneficial effect of breaking, of, of effective breakfast eating on weight loss. So okay. it's not the most important meal of the day. They actually recommended from this meta-analysis and looked at 13 different studies, recommending regular breakfast consumption could adversely affect weight control by adding calories to diets, especially in older people, here's the mm. kicker, with established eating behaviors because past food habits are important predictors of current food habits. So, yeah, they I've are. got my current habit of picking a later OMAD dinner, which physiologically we're gonna talk about here in just a second, isn't going to be serving us because of our hunger metabolic pathways are, are literally saying don't eat later because your hunger increases, which then makes the next day and the next fast that much more difficult. Okay, yeah. well then I'll break my fast in the morning. But then this meta-analysis says you shouldn't do that because of your old eating habits and patterns. <laughs> oh man. And it might be adding calories to your total daily consumption. Yeah, wow. Is anyone else brain hurt? Right. Because me even it trying to explain that, I was like, Hold, hold on, I need to color code this. Two of these articles came out on the same stinking day right. in the same Journal of how Cell Metabolism. Heads tail? How do we make heads or tails of this stuff? And like, should I just do lunch then, I guess? Right? Because yeah, nobody's demonizing lunch, right? Right. Okay, <laughs> lunch is safe lunch. for now, right? Yeah. Until I tell you my story about how lunch was actually one of the biggest Bro. consumption points for me in my journey, yeah. right? Because of a very yeah. stressful morning, high cortisol, dopamine hit, big lunch, nap, back to the office, yeah. right? In the afternoon, evening. So let's zoom out for a minute. Okay. Let's add some context. So we're in a, an audio medium, but if you should see the look that Tommy's giving me right now, right? Because oh, yeah. we, we obviously late. Yeah, he's like, I don't know where you're going with this. So this most recent study that we wanted to really dive into today was that the late eating, right? The later in the day eating increases. So what is it actually doing? Never mind the context we're going to give here in just a second. Mm -hmm. But 
late eating increases wait time hunger and decreases 24-hour serum leptin. Leptin is the chemical, leptin and ghrelin, is the chemical that tells your body, I am full, I am satiated, okay? Late eating- Another bad one. Another bad. Late eating decreases wait time energy expenditure and 24-hour core body temperature, which is a way of measurement on your effect on your 24-hour metabolic pathways or your metabolism, simply stated. Wow. Here's another one. This one I had never seen before. Late eating alters adipose tissue, fat tissue, gene expression, altering the expression of your genes, favoring increased lipid or fat storage. Oh, man. Wow. So combining these all together... These changes upon late eating may increase obesity risk in humans. So in this study specifically, and this was a crossover control trial with clinicaltrials.gov as well, and it increased, what they found was that the hormone signals and the gene expression increased to show that you were going to have a greater propensity for increased hunger and increased fat storage by having a later eating window. Now, it was only a four hour shift, four hour shift. So 8 a.m., 12 noon and 4 p.m. versus 12 noon, 4 p.m., 8 p.m. Wow, not a big difference. Not like, no. a, not like a life, like an earth shattering kind of difference. And that, right? that, that's crazy because I would always tend to be on the later side, like period, you know, just like a night owl, you know, I could get more done late when, when things are kind of quiet and I need less sleep, you know, than, than my peers, all of those things kind of rolled up to, okay, well now I guess it, it's time to eat dinner and it might be eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And, and it was just like, okay, well, I know what the calories are. So kind of no big deal. And I'll just put it in my equation. Yeah. It's just in the equation. And, and the equation, like it did okay. You know, at least for, for years, it kind of did okay. It never really got me there. It never really like got me all the weight off, got me to that maintenance point that, that where I was looking to go, but I did notice it getting harder and harder and harder year after year. And so it starts to make sense that there was literally a very big difference physiologically happening when I was eating those, those later meals. And I I just had no idea at the time. And they go into picture like one of those old scales that you see like on like legal lawyer type business cards, right? Yeah. The the balance, the, the balance the scales, right? Balance, yeah. yeah. So on one side, you've got the regulation of energy intake, self-reported hunger, greptin, leptin, ghrelin, leptin imbalance, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Then you've got regulation of energy expenditure versus, you know, on the other side. So you have the intake on one side, expenditure on the other, your metabolic mm-hmm. rate, your core body temperature goes down, right? As those other things go up to increase that energy intake. Yeah. And they mentioned the pathways, decreased autophagy, decreased MAPK signaling, decreased TGF beta signaling, decreased modulation of receptor tyrosine kinases, which lead to increased, or in that same vein, you have the increased lipid anabolism, which is the growth of those or the propensity to have increased fat storage. Yeah. So, which makes sense. You're about to go to sleep. You're about to rest. You don't need your blood sugar sky high. You don't need all this energy available. You're not going to be doing anything. Your circadian rhythm has already told your body it's time to shut down for the night. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. 
Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. So the findings show converging mechanisms, right, which late eating may result in positive energy balance and increased obesity risk. Mm. So when we're looking at kind of, well, we've got these three different scenarios. You've got, you know, research saying this, you've got research saying that. Well, something that we always talk about is the context of this or the personalization of this. So I want to give a shout out to a husband and wife, Tommy, that went through our most recent challenge from February 1 through February 7. And then the next challenge we have coming up is on April 5th. So just right around the corner. Then I want to give some context to the calorie conversation and this personalization, which is what we see and what we do inside of these seven-day fasting lifestyle challenges, not seven-day fasts, right? <laughs> okay, not research articles that we just talked about, right? This gives us some right. context to have the conversation and of course, base it in physiology, but then the lifestyle application of. So shout out to Jerry and Karen, right, Tommy? Yes, absolutely. So it's it's really cool. This is a cool way for them to to kind of share part of their story with us. And they actually did it through a review. But you know, when when they came into the challenge, the cool thing was that they had already seen a lot of 
weight loss results at that point, you know, and a lot of that coming from OMAD, but you know, yeah. at, at this point, like wanting to get the rest of it off and like push towards the finish line was, was exactly what, you know, led them to, to sign up for the challenge. So it was, it was really cool just looking to, to kind of, you know, lose those last few and, and together, I mean, they have some incredible results here. And so thank you for dropping a review here. My wife and I have been following Scott and Tommy for six months, listen to all 163 episodes. That's incredible. Apparently Jerry did it in like a week. I'm like, yeah. God bless you, sir. <laughs> did like a, like a binge session right there. So this was after just finishing one of the challenges today and they actually shared a weight loss of a hundred pounds total. So talk about a marriage merge, incredible triple digit results here. So congrats guys. It goes on to say, I had an annual checkup last week no longer taking blood pressure meds and my labs came back with higher good cholesterol, lower bad cholesterol and lower liver function enzyme test results too. Thank you both. You guys are, you guys are crushing it. That's so cool. But I know exactly where, where they were when they made that decision to sign up for that challenge going, I want to take it to the next level. I want to push towards the finish line. And so it's really cool. And I, I know during that, that seven day process, they got to level up and internalize right. some of the things, some of those, those little key missing points. So congrats to you guys. And I'm, I'm really fired up about this next challenge too. I'm excited right. about it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. They actually dropped the review on the day it ended. And I love yeah. the, the quotations, good and bad cholesterol, right? Cause we do talk a yeah. lot about labs and cholesterol during the challenges and blood work and health and, and all of those different types of things. But I love the marriage merge. And I know that the big level up for them was going from more of an OMAD strategy to pushing outside of their comfort zone. And that's something that we talked about in one of these research articles that recommended maybe shifting your caloric intake to breakfast or making sure you eat breakfast, right? Because I know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of choices out there for breakfast that are more dessert type choices, (laughs) carb laden type choices, which in my opinion is one of the things that leads to the increased hunger and the decreased satiation because you're not prioritizing protein, right? Which is the most satiating and thermodynamic meaning you get the most caloric burn from protein. It takes more energy to burn than it does a carbohydrate or a fat. So they leveled up and they were able to actually get to doubling their fasting time. So going from 24 hour all the way to 48 hours, which is pretty much the longest fasting window that we use during these challenges. And depending on your experience, beginner to advanced, you know, you've been fasting, but you haven't been doing it consistently enough. We work on all of those things. And really putting in a begin with the end in mind type strategy, but really yeah. personalizing and customizing this to you, which is the last part of today's conversation, where if we're looking at these different strategies, yay to breakfast, nay to breakfast, you've got <laughs> increased fat storage, decreased fat storage, more hunger, bad hunger, good, bad, blah. Well, the reality is, is that there is context that's required. And yeah. I want to talk about the unit of measurement of the calorie right? Which is the thing that all of the stuff we've just breakfast, lunch, dinner ends up breaking down into a form of energy, right? Sure. Yeah. So rarely do we make decisions about units of measurement without context. So let's use the measurement of like temperature. So here in Texas, very rarely do we have to worry about the word freezing, but we have, right? Yeah. But the temperature might be above freezing, but we'd still want to know maybe, so is it warm or cold, right? So it drops below 50 here and people put on their jackets or 60 to go walk their dogs. But if you're in from New England sure. and you, where I'm from, it can be freezing, but then not just freezing, you have to worry about precipitation. 
Is it mm. raining? Is there a snow? Is it going to sleet? Am I going to slide off the road on my way home from work? Yeah. Or is it windy or is it humid? Can I wear the lighter colored shirt so I don't have to worry about the sweat right down here in Houston? Mm -hmm. So there's context to just whether or not knowing the temperature. Same thing for distance, right? If we need to travel 100 miles, we might want to be aware of things like roads, tolls, storms, gas station, right? If we're looking at, let's say, one mile, we'd probably end up being like, okay, I can walk that. Not a big deal. Sure. Well. If there's snow banks everywhere and it's freezing out, maybe maybe you don't, right? To kind of merge those yeah. two thought processes. But you're not going to walk a mile in a hurricane, <laughs> right? Or with a tornado warning. So there's True. context to the distance and to the temperature. Mm. So your nutritional choices or your decision on your timing or your schedule should have context as well to you as an individual Right. And there's some categories here we can just and the list just could go on forever. But there's some categories here about what is your sleep like? What is your workout walking routine look like? What's your mm. lifestyle, your overall general lifestyle? Do you live in a more, you know, I have to live inside because it's incredibly cold situation or are you more in a warm tropical climate like South Florida? Right. Yeah. Do you have a sedentary job? What is your like to to the shout out we just gave, what does your blood panel look like? Do you have insulin resistance or weight loss resistance? Mm. Do you have any pre-existing health conditions? What's your hormonal profile look like? What do your eating habits look like? So it's not just a one size fits all. Oh, it's 55 degrees out. Put your jacket on type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's layers of it. And, and sometimes ah, we don't see what you did there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, sometimes we're not even aware of which ones might be affecting the results. And so that's, that's part of the, the, the confidence piece where it, it can, it can take time for us to do this and to be pushing the boundaries and be aware of some of these things in order to start doing things a little bit differently. So, you know, like, like, even just knowing what my weekdays look like versus what my weekends look yeah, like huge. And, and things like that. Right. Because um, especially in if, terms if I, of fasting timers, right? Yes. Yes. And, and opportunities and for consumption opportunities. Absolutely. Because a lot of times during the week, the, the later time is kind of unstructured, which might be different in contrast to the structured part of my, my work day, maybe, or when things are busier or more active, right? So if, if I have a later eating window, which might be more desirable or more of my default at the same time, it's physiologically doing things different. And if I'm not willing to kind of step outside of that comfort zone at all, I might get stuck in a rut and not even realize that that's what's happening. But if I look at the weekends, that might be a more social time. So maybe there's more opportunities that come up and maybe some of them are earlier in the day. But at the same time, if I make poor choices, me, myself, if I make poor choices earlier in the day on a weekend, it's going to be tough to gain traction going into the evening time. Right. And just go, OK, now I'm going to do better. Right. On a Saturday night, I'm going to do better. That, that's hard. Right? So let's put it all into one nice little package here. OK, I'm going to attempt see. here. So let me know if okay. I can land the planes on. OK. All right. Go so. You have a pattern of eating later in the evening. Mm -hmm. It's our most common. If you go check out the free resources, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss gives you some ideas of what some weeks can look like, right? Mm -hmm. So you can head to the show notes, click that. We'll zoom it over into your inbox. Our first resource we ever made was our free fast start guide, right? Yeah. And that came with some videos on how to put one meal a day into your day-to-day -day life. But we realized 
you know, when we started that way back in the day, years ago, that there's a lot more complexity to that, right? Or context mm -hmm. required. Sure. Trial and error, so to speak. So you're sitting here going, okay, I've got the opportunity. The most common thing we hear about in the one meal a day resource, the fast start guide is I'm going to do dinner because it just fits my schedule. It's easier, right? Right. But then to your point, the weekends may not look the same. So when we talk about fasting types as well, right? There's also this type called the weekend warrior, which is I deserve it. I've worked hard all week, mm -hmm. Friday happy hour that turns into a Monday restart. Sure. Yep. Right. And let's not even talk about what happened in between. Right. Well, the thing <laughs> is here, Friday later, more decisions. Maybe you eat later, you snack later, you stay up later. Yeah. Your Mental hunger cues go probably. up. Maybe there's Sorry. some alcohol involved. Yep. Well, now you've got a situation, which is what we talked about today, better or worse, eating later or earlier, breakfast versus dinner. You've got a situation where your hunger's in improved. I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but the next day on a weekend, it's like, oh, all right, I'll have breakfast. Sure. Wasn't okay. planning on it, but I'll have it. A little hungrier than normal. Yeah. Maybe somebody's yeah. cooking. And then Some, those pancakes yeah. and sausages turn into a late lunch, and then they turn into a dinner. And next thing you know, your fasting plan's gone to hell in a bucket. Right. Just from that one decision or that one later meal on a Friday. So the resources are there to design and we've created them in a way and the podcast in a way where there's something you can take away and put into your day to day life now. So yeah. the one meal a day fast start guide. Great. But lacks context. The blueprint to fasting for fat loss has a lot more context in it. That yeah. personalization, that customization right around the corner now coming up on April 5th, though, is an opportunity to step through that window of opportunity is you, when you said the word opportunity, it made my brain go off. I was like, yes, you've got the fast start guide. Okay. You've got the blueprint. Now what? Yeah. Well, let's what? accelerate that learning curve. We come alongside of you for seven days. We go live in the group every single day, question and answers, personalization, coaching one-on-one -on -one in a small group, right? You are inside of our, our private coaching group. We bring you inside and, into the tree of trust, right? And we want to get to know you, come alongside of you and tailor and customize this journey with you. Yeah. And that context piece, I didn't think we'd end up here today, right? Talking so much about that, but right. it's just kind of where the conversation has gone because the context of the application of the information, that customization, that personalization is what we found to be the most important piece or the missing piece for sustainability. Yeah, it really is like the missing piece. It's, it's really cool being in that environment and then watching right. watching the pieces kind of come together because even even some of those small question marks can make it like ah oh, man I just can't get past this this like this one point. how did yeah. you know eating late at dinner was stimulating hunger the next day right <laughs> that's why I said we're going to contradict ourselves cuz I didn't even like know that these two articles were lived in the same journal on the same day yeah I've, I've never now, actually read that before personally I can feel it Right? right? Reflecting back yeah. on my own journey, right? So it's just really yeah. cool to see. Yeah, but it, it's not like you ever said to yourself, huh, I, I think my genes are transcribing differently now. Right, yeah. Of this late meal, that must right? be that gene trend, that little tricky gene tra <laughs> yeah. transcription. Man, that's a mouthful. Yeah, if only we, we could tell what was happening, you know, under the surface. Right. So, I mean, like, you're going to need to take some of the things that we said today and we'll need to get outside of our comfort zone. We started yes. this conversation comfort talking about comfort zone, right? 
and and there are new results lie just outside of your current comfort zones. Right. So just just being aware of the fact that there's always room for improvement. I can always level up and yep. there's always new and better results outside of what I'm currently used to and I can currently see myself doing. So I need to consciously and periodically, but con yeah, and consistently push myself or nudge myself outside of my own comfort zone, right? Like, like being, being that, like that, yep. that force that where I'm kind of just nudging on myself at all times yep. so I can continue to improve. Right. So as we wrap up today, I want to encourage you guys, if it is stepping outside of your comfort zone and, you know, changing your eating window saying, mm. honey, family for the next few days, I'm going to try eating lunch instead of dinner. Yeah. Dare I say breakfast, right? Cause I'm not oh, going there. Okay. But <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's time to change it up and mix it up. And that's the one thing you're going to focus on and pay attention to the context that calories require context, the food decisions you make, the environment you eat, eat them in, how you yeah. feel about the decisions and the foods you're eating. Don't eat like a rabbit. If you don't like salads, don't eat salads. Find foods that excite you that you want to eat. Right. Okay. I'm not talking about the quad stack from Burger King here, but I mean, put foods that you enjoy a little bit of intentionality yeah. in. Step outside of your comfort zone, head to the show notes. You can get the blueprint. You can also sign up for the challenge that's coming up on April 5th, challenge.thefastingforlife.com forward slash registration. The links are both mm -hmm. there. Frequently asked questions. You can go to the page. You can check it out, get times, dates. All the information is there as well. But we definitely want to encourage you to step outside of that comfort zone. Know that if it can work for us, it can work for you and work yeah. for the Karen and Jerry's that we highlighted today and yes. a shout out to them again because they absolutely crushed it. So absolutely. Tommy, hope to see everybody on the inside of the challenge. Go grab yes, the blueprint to fun. fasting for fat loss. And as always, I appreciate the conversation, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.